I've been praying for the non-believers. All my neighbors thinking I will leave her. Awful eager to fall for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers. They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from breeders and the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Hello and welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Becky Dean. Today our show is sponsored by our good friend and actually family member and listener, Beth Kohler. Thank you, Beth, for your support financially and prayerfully. So thanks for joining us today. I have special guests in our studio. If you can't see me, that's air quotes <laughs> for our basement. Um, today joining us is Aaron and Nancy, and they are here to promote a very important, what would we call this? Conference. Conference. Um, talking about, well, I'll just tell you the name of it. It's called COVID Betrayal, A Path Forward. So welcome, ladies. Hi, thanks Thank for having you. us. Yeah, of course. So um, who wants to go first? I'll ask a couple questions. Aaron can go. All right. Aaron, um, so what? what sh- where are you from, if that um, matters? Well, I'm from Spokane originally, but moved to California for 20 years. Ah. And then after some legislation happened in California over vaccine mandates down there, we were um, f- we moved back up here to Spokane where we have family up here. Okay. And so now... Washington is California junior so exactly <laughs> so you I think it's a good thing that you're back here because you're here fighting for us I, I do have a little experience <laughs> so that did um, allow me to jump right in when I got into town because yeah we, I didn't realize that we were having to fight so much here in in Spokane in Washington also yeah all right so um, tell me about this conference so COVID betrayal we want to um bring a bunch of guest speakers to share. We've got doctors and lawyers coming to share about the atrocities that happened over COVID. We don't want to forget what happened. We want to remember what happened so when this comes around again that we all don't comply. We want to bring education to people so that when they go and they talk to their family and friends that they can also um, share the truths of what happened. So um, we just can't forget what happened so that when this happens again, we're ready and prepared for it. We also, you know, the path forward of this is also um, a big part of it that we want to create community through this. This is hopefully going to be a series of events that we can um, create a landing space for people. We have a lot of um, groups here in in Washington and Spokane um, from, you know, Turning Point USA to to medical freedom groups, to Second Amendment groups, to Moms of Liberty. Um, we have a lot of landing places to, to s- direct people to because, again, we've all been to rallies. We've all been mm-hmm. to, you know, th- things. And then once you leave, now what? So we want to um, create a, a path forward so that um, people can start getting involved mm-hmm. and um, not just sitting by the, the sidelines, not knowing what to do. Um, we want to encourage people to be be, be brave, be courageous, yeah. um, start standing up and um, stepping forward. And by doing that is creating a, a community. I know I feel stronger because I've surrounded myself with like-minded people, um, you guys, and, um, and and that brings strength in numbers. So Yeah, and we don't want to forget what happened because it may feel like everything's okay, kind of back to normal now, but... Exactly. They are definitely, oh, easily forgetting. They're definitely planning, like, this isn't over. Joe Biden just asked for another $2 billion for the next pandemic. So this is coming. And then Mm -hmm. he's also um, selling us our sovereignty over to um, the WHO. So Mm -hmm. if we all know, the WHO played a big part in COVID, telling everybody what to do and mandating things. And um, we're going to be now 
controlled by the who once that happens. So um, that's all part of controlling and, and mm -hmm. locking us down again. Yeah, and the, the sad part is, is um, people that normally wouldn't be okay even with vaccines um, were just tired of staying at home. I've had a couple people say to me, well, I just needed to get back to normal, so I just went ahead and got the shot so I could go on a cruise. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. How is that going to get back to normal? How is complying to the monster going to get back to normal? Mm -hmm. That You're just actually making it worse. And so, and I think that it's been um, almost three years now, or a little over three years since we were shut down. And for those people that didn't have their world completely shut down, they it's easy to forget. But when, like, they took my... I, I didn't know really what was going on. So they, they said I had to shut down. So I did for two months, and I lost two months' worth of income. That's, to me, that's a, um, that's a lot of money. I'm not independently wealthy. Yeah. So that's something I will never forget. Yeah, and that happened to a lot of businesses, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we need to remember those businesses, too. And, you know, we were talking, we were on a radio show the other day, you know, and, like, all these um, big big stores could stay open, you know, mm -hmm. Walmart. So, you know, there was no COVID in Walmart, but there was in these mom-and-pop stores. And so, um, you know, we need to encourage people to continue shopping locally. Uh-huh, yes. That's, that's funny that you say that. Plan, shopping with your dollar. Yeah. I was actually um, scrolling through Facebook the other day, and one of my memories from 2020 popped up, and it said... My salon is cleaner than Walmart. How come I have to shut down, but they can stay open? And and I'm, I'm thankful. I mean, I kind of was, you know, sitting at home for two months, and all I did was post stuff. And I'm glad for that now because it's popping up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, and it's good because I won't forget what they did. It's, that's one of the good parts that happened through COVID is mm -hmm. that a lot of people were sitting home and mm -hmm. they were starting to research and, and look into what was happening. So I do think mm -hmm. that we have had a big awakening of people mm -hmm. over COVID. It, it woke up a lot of people. Yeah. My husband says the worst thing the government ever could have done was shut me down for two months because that's all I did was research. Mm -hmm. and, and I went down some crazy rabbit holes, but I think we all did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so at this uh, conference, we're going to be talking about uh, vaccine injuries. Yes, we're going to have a couple doctors coming to speak to um, what, what they witnessed in their practice. Okay, good. Also Dr. Ryan Cole, who is one of the only um, independent pathology labs here in the United States. Mm. And what he's finding, you know, he's found um, the spike protein in breast milk. Mm -hmm. And I think what he's going to be addressing at our um, conference is the um, aggressively growing cancers that mm -hmm. he's finding. Yeah, and people, they don't think about cancer as a side effect of the COVID vaccine. Um, even well, because most people don't research that and cancer is so prevalent in today's society that it's just a normal thing. Oh, this person has cancer. Oh, that's too bad. You know, but so does everyone else. Right. But it's made a huge comeback, especially in people that had cancer before. Now they're having cancer return aggressively, even though they said before that probably their cancer wouldn't return. Now they're dying of cancer. A lot of vaccines, you know, because what they're doing is it's it's overstimulating your immune system. So we have a lot of these, you know, genes that are in our bodies that would stay dormant. But when you overactivate it, it's kind of like switching them on like little switches. So, hmm. you know, allergies, asthma, autoimmune disease, diabetes, things like that can all be um, side effects from vaccines. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who I've known since uh, kindergarten and she had last year in December, not not 22, 21 
she had a chest x-ray for some reason. I'm not sure why. And uh, it was clear. Everything was fine. Four months later, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer of the lung. And she passed away six months later. Um, that's just one story. I have another one of a three-year-old. She's three and a half years old, and she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. It's all over her body. It's metastasized, and they've done a countless number of surgeries and chemos and a whole bunch of terrible things to this little girl, um, all after the shots. And how old was she? She's three and a half. Three and a half. And was she vaccinated? Yes. And how many three and a half year olds do you know that have stage four cancer? No, it just doesn't happen. Mm -mm. So uh, I would think that they would be looking into some of the causes. But of course, they don't do that. They look at, you know, more poisons, more surgeries, more interventions uh, rather than the cause. How can we make money off of this? Right. You know, Dr. Teresa Deicher, when she discovered, um, you know, they'd use aborted fetal cells and vaccines, and the one of the babies that they used had leukemia. Oh my goodness! And and who, nobody thinks of that. They're just, they're just trying. Silence. To you know, I, she told oh, me with her own bet. mouth. You know, but I can't Google that. I can't look that up. It, no, it, of course it's, not. It's uh, it's gone from the internet. So that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's the important part of getting together and hearing mm-hmm. these doctors speak and hearing them with your own ears, um, and being there um, because because this information is being censored from the internet, and so. Um, you know, for me, getting and, and meeting these people in person and being able to ask them questions is, is a huge part of my research. Yeah, I was able to um, go to the Reawaken America tour, which, uh, you know, that was interesting. I was there. Yeah. yeah, I saw you. And you told me Dr. Tenpenny was here. And I was like, oh, cool. I don't know who that is. But if Aaron likes her. <laughs> so I paid attention when she spoke and I was blown away. She is the reason I she is the first person that I ever uh, came across who's a doctor who talked about this kind of stuff many years ago. And I have a 17 year old grandson um, and my daughter started stopped vaccinating when he was about four. And the youngest is not vaccinated. Um, But Sherry Tenpenny was the one. And I actually interviewed her and talked to her. Um, And there was a great book that I read way back then, which was called um, The Sanctity of Human Blood. If anybody's Mm. looking for a great read, it will it will open your eyes to what's happening. But I do want to mention the people that are coming to this event who are who will be speaking. We have a doctor. These most most of them are doctors. Dr. Kirk Milhone. He's an MD and a PhD, a pediatric cardiologist in Hawaii. He will be there. Dr. Ramada, sorry, Renata Moon, MD. She's a board-certified pediatrician. She's been caring for children for more than 20 years. Um, MJ Bolt, you may know her name. However, she will be coming to speak about her son's vaccine injury. She's been on our show before. Yeah, we love MJ. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Dr. Jason Kinley, who's a naturopathic doctor in the area. Amy Spahik, uh, who's the founder of uh, Heart Care Corp. Uh, Dr. Richard Ammerling, MD. He's an internal medicine nephrology, which is a kidney specialist in New York with over 42 years of experience. Dr. Stephen Palmieri, who is a virologist, and uh, he worked for the NIH and the NAID, NAID. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Ashley Wines, who is a widow and former nursing student. Her and her mother-in-law, Pam Karen, are going to be talking about the loss of their husband and son uh, due to this, the protocols. Uh, St- Scott Miller, who's a PA, integrative health practitioner, 
um, Pete Serrano, who is a the director and general counsel of the Silent Majority Foundation. Tim Archer, who's a retired fire, fire, firefighter in the area who lost his job because of the mandates. And Amanda Ewing. And then our keynote speaker is John Stockton, who you should know if yep. you don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> who's a, a very famous basketball player, played for the Utah Jazz, and lost his season passes because he wouldn't comply with the mandate, mandates at Gonzaga. Yeah. Just ridiculous. That's a good list of people. We've had uh, three or four of them on our show, so I can speak to that. They're interesting to listen to, the local ones. And then there's going to be a lot of information. So if you guys come, which, by the way, it is uh, at Calvary, Spokane, 511 West Hastings Road, Spokane, Washington, 99218. Tickets are $10, and it's on May 20th, 1 to 5 p.m. Bring a notepad and a pen. For sure, because you're going to be filled with information. Definitely. Did you have something to say to that? Okay. Um, so so we have a long list of doctors, and um, we're going to be talking about uh, vaccines, in injuries, and mask mandates. And I think that can go right along with school, businesses, and church lockdowns and how that affected people. We're also going to be talking about the, the hospital protocols and what our um, doctors were restricted to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, part of the problem is is that most of our doctors have become um, corporate run, mm -hmm. and there's um, a loss of private practice, which um, takes away the art of practicing, which takes away um, the doctor's ability to treat you the way they see fit. So, you know, some of our doctors that we are, are have coming were persecuted during COVID for um, prescribing. Can I say that? Yeah, say whatever um, you want. Ivermectin and <laughs> yep. hydrochloroquine, which mm -hmm. um, ivermectin um, has 113 studies done on it. it almost, um, it was given a, a Nobel Prize mm -hmm. in 2013. So this medication is not new. It has an 87 percent um, uh, um, success success so, yeah, rate of, of helping. To sorry to treat patients, and um, you know our our government made it to be out to be um, an evil thing that was only given to horses, yeah. and. Um, was not made for for human consumption. Even though they virtually knocked COVID out with ivermectin in India. Yes, and, and in other countries <laughs> they were giving you know hydrochloroquine away. Like in Argentina and other countries they were giving away little um, care packages with quercetin, vitamin D, vitamin mm -hmm. C, and and ivermectin in it and hydrochloroquine. So I mean other countries were using this. It's sold over the counter in many other countries, mm -hmm. and um, you know it was life saving for a lot of people, and it was a death sentence for others who weren't able to get it. Yeah. So um, you know talking about the hospital protocols and you know what. What, what they did to our family members and um, to our community. Yeah, and the protocols, not only were they not allowed to give medicine, but they gave us medicine that killed a lot of people, like remdesivir. Yeah, remdesivir. Yeah. That shuts your kidneys down. Exactly, yeah. and they were saying that COVID caused kidney damage, but yeah. in actuality, it was the remdesivir that was killing people in the hospital. That, and along with Information. ignoring people, mm -hmm. we know somebody, a young person who died locally, who was in the hospital, she was completely ignored, not given water, not given food. And um, the it's just terrible what happened. And I feel really mostly bad for those people that were in the hospital that could not even see a family member, could not have their hands held by people that they loved as they were dying. It was, it was a terrible time, and we just can't let this happen again. Yeah, as they were being murdered. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, yeah and she left behind two small children. You know. Oh, my word. And, and it's, this hasn't stopped um, as recently as 2022, I think. I could be wrong. Uh, one of our friends went to the hospital because he had COVID. And 
couldn't really breathe, but was sitting up talking to the doctor and he just needed some oxygen, some water, whatever, um, and was feeling a little better. And the doctor, after having this conversation, he seemed to be conservative, seemed to know what was really going on with COVID. And he said, all right, well, we're done here. Let's go get you on remdesivir or, and put you on a ventilator. And that guy's like, I'm sitting up talking to you. What do you mean? And he's like, well, it's protocol. And he's like, I'm leaving. Yeah, but <laughs> prior to that protocol, you didn't vent somebody that was sitting up talking exactly. to you. Exactly. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I, I know somebody also who was in the hospital. Uh, she was having trouble breathing. And they left her alone all night. They wouldn't bring her water. They wouldn't come in the room. And she wound up calling her son to come pick her up. And she went home and got herself on oxygen. And she survived. Uh, my husband and I were extremely sick with COVID. But I told him... Under no circumstances are you taking me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I will die here on the couch before I die in the hospital. Yeah. And um, I survived it. I did all the stuff that everybody said to do. And honestly, it was the worst illness I've ever had in my life. But I survived it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I would have if I had been hospitalized. No, because they would have pumped you with remdesivir and, and put you on a kidney. ventilator. I have one kidney. So I can't imagine what it would do to that. Yeah. Kidney. Yeah. Um, my own father died in the hospital of, with with COVID um, because they, they changed protocol two weeks after he died to, um, he went in for the monoclonal antibody treatment and had an mm -hmm. allergic reaction to it. And each doctor and nurse and paramedic I spoke to didn't transfer that information to the next person. And so they didn't treat him with literally $4 worth of medication that would have saved his life. And um, again, two weeks after he died, they didn't change protocol to start giving those H1, H2 antihistamine blockers. But prior to that, because it wasn't part of the protocol, they wouldn't deviate from that. So protocol is garbage. And the reason we have protocol is because everything's run by Big Brother. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. Yeah, the CDC, the WHO, you know, all FDA. these. FDA. Yeah, all the all three three-letter alphabet agencies. Bought and paid for, science. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the sad part is is that most people just, because they're a doctor, they know everything, and, and they follow along with it, or because it's the government, they know everything, and they lie. I saw the stupidest thing by, I have some really dumb family members, thankfully these people aren't listening to this show, but I saw one of them say, I had to go to the hospital because I thought maybe I had a blood clot, and I was like, mm-hmm. But and this was on Facebook, so there was no interaction. It was just a post. And he said, or she said, I guess it depends on when the surgery was. Um, <laughs> um, she said, but since I've, I know that since I've had COVID, I'm more susceptible to blood clots. And I'm like, you stupid idiot. You know good and well that it's because you had the COVID shot that you're susceptible, susceptible to blood clots. Not because you had COVID. Anyways, that's just, that's how the left is. That's just how they are. And, and it's because they've been beat over the head with lies and they're willing to accept it. Brainwashed, you know, you do yes. it slowly over time and people don't notice. Mm -hmm. But we're the dumb ones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're the tinfoil hat wearing ones. But you know oh, what? Yes. I have two very healthy children and mm -hmm. the, and we're we're healthy over here and mm -hmm. so I'm going to live by what we're doing. Right, because you've put in the time and the research. And and honestly, if it doesn't make sense, someone's making money. Mm -hmm. Then that's just that's a fact. I listened to a interview the other day with uh, Jordan Peterson. He's a psychologist, I believe, out mm -hmm. of Canada. And I really never listened to him, but a lot of people talk about him. And he had David 
I believe his name is David Zwieg. He, I think he worked for Twitter, or I'm not sure, but he's a journalist. And he went into the Twitter files and looked at what was happening with the Twitter files during COVID and all of that. And it was such a fascinating interview to listen to how they shut people down and how people process information and how we just accept what is told to us and then we repeat it. Um, not the three of us sitting around this table necessarily, right. <laughs> but the world in general. We just say, oh, well, this is what the CDC said. They would not say that if it wasn't true. Right. And it gets repeated over and over and over again. Nobody does any research on it, and that's how we wind up where we are. Um, so people need to just take the time. I've often yeah. said in my past, you know, if you how, how much time do you spend researching paint before you paint your house? <laughs> right. Or your car before you buy a car? How, how much more important is it to know what you're injecting into your kids or mm -hmm. yourself? It's so important. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, a lot of these ingredients, if I were to call the CDC and ask if I could feed them to my child, um, they would call CPS on me. So right. we're not even allowed to feed these <laughs> ingredients to our children, yet alone thinking it's okay to inject them into our children or ourselves. Right. So let's talk about lockdowns. That was the craziest thing I've ever been to. I remember every night I'd take my dog out on the patio before he went to bed and just look up at the sky and be like, what is going on? What are we, what's happening? Like, is this real God life? Is falling. Yes, for real. And, and so many and school shutting down. I mean, back my, I had my kids in public school then. And, uh, that was actually the final straw. I had been thinking about homeschooling for a while and this <clears throat> forced me into it, made the decision for me. I think a lot of parents felt the same way. Yeah, my daughter the mm -hmm. same thing. She took her kids out of school, and they're still out. Uh, they're they're being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. It cost her a lot of money yes. because it's not a. They're it's not, not free. being homeschooled at home. They're right. being homeschooled somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a sacrifice when you have two kids that are teenagers, and are now not going to experience some of the things that we all did when we were teenagers. And mm -hmm. it's a pretty sad thing wh what's happened, but. Once you realize what's happening in the schools, it's hard to send your kids back there. Every oh, yeah. Day. I know. My um, my daughter, she actually uh, finished her sophomore year during, what was it, 2021. And she said, Mom, I can't do this anymore in my room. I want to get my GED. And at first I was like, heck no, you're finishing high school. But then I was like, wait, save me some money. She's a straight-A student. There was absolutely no reason why she shouldn't have done that. And she, I said, all right, go ahead and take the practice exam. We'll see how you do. And she aced it. So she finished high school at 16 Good. because of COVID. And well, she's... Also, the other things that are happening in school, you know, with the oh, yeah. confusion and all those mm -hmm. things. So, I mean, if you're, if you're unable to take your children out of school, you need to get involved in your school. You need to join yep. the PTSA. You need to go in and speak to your principal. You need to go in and, and know your teachers and, um, you know, be paying attention before, you know, something comes out of there that you know, mm -hmm. changes your child and now you guys are on fundamentally totally different um, pages. So be paying attention to your children if, if, um, if they're in public school. Yeah, and, and don't think it can't happen at your school. I hear this all the time. Well, I know a teacher at our school and she's a Christian. Uh-huh. But she still has to follow the rules, right? Mm -hmm. And just because you know someone doesn't mean you know what they're going to tell your kid or what they're going to teach or that the school's not going to come down on them, right? And I've heard this over and over. Well, our school is pretty conservative. Well, it doesn't matter. Your school's in Washington State. You have some angry liberal teachers in there. I guarantee it. I don't care where your school's at. There's at least one. And, and you're not safe. You send your kids there for six hours a day, and then they come home. 
you need to be involved in that. If you don't have a choice, you need to be involved. And um, the new sex ed laws is going to be enacted um, this next year. So yeah. whether you like it or not, whether these teachers want to teach it or not, it will be taught to your ch children. Mm -hmm. These books will be available. Gender queer, you know, it's perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these books that we've been showcasing are, are going to be in your child's library and they will have access to them. And it's not just a uh, health class that they're going to be learning this stuff in. They're trying to incorporate it in every class. It's a, yeah, they'll be integrating it in, in, into other subjects. So opting out. That's a lie. You so can't it's like opt peeing out. in a pool. Yeah. You know? yep. So you're not going to be able to get away from it. You know, even if we take our children even out of it, you know, they're going to talk to their friends on the playground. They're going to yeah. talk to their friends at lunch. You know, they're mm -hmm. going to be introduced to this stuff. And knowing that, we also need to be prepared to have a dialogue with our children. Yeah, that's the hard part. And it is awkward to talk to your kids, but it has to be done. My, ki my kids are six and eight, and I, I did just have to have a conversation with them the other day because, you know, even on YouTubers, mm -hmm. you know, that they watch Mr. Beast, you know, his co-partner oh, yeah. now is transgendered. So yep. I, have to, I had to tell my children, I had to bring that subject up to them, yep. you know, and that's the first time we've ever talked about that type of stuff. But yep. I felt it was important to start t broaching it because mm -hmm. I don't want it to be catching me off guard or catching right. them off guard, and I want them to know if they're watching that that they need to turn it off. Right. It's and not appropriate age for them. That's right. And they are going to have friends that will probably transition because that happens. Well, even at our, our, my local middle school, mm -hmm. my client told me the other recently that, and this is her 13-year-old perception, so I'm sure she's exaggerating in, in somewhat, but she said all the girls at school are gay. Mm -hmm. and this is East Valley Middle School. This, this is, is in West our Valley community. Too. I've heard that from West Valley, too. Yeah. And so, you know, that they are being... It's not just happening to them psychologically, it's also physically happening to them. Mm -hmm. So they're being assaulted from every angle, you know. Yep, yes they are. I have a friend in California who's got a teenage daughter, I think she's 16, and I, we were talking on the phone, I said, well, you know, it's a very small percent of kids that are, you know, going through this. And she said, oh, no, it's way bigger than they're saying. Mm -hmm. She said, all my friends' daughters are either gay or they're saying they're trans. Yeah. So it's a... It's the trendy thing to do now. And is. look at all the attention you get. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's also... Sorry, I talk about this a lot, but it's just <laughs> such important information that I think most people don't know. But, you know, the uh, there is aborted fetal cells in vaccines, like I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. So we're now taking girl DNA and injecting it into boys and boy DNA and injecting it into girls. And we're not just doing it once. Right. You and know, we're wondering why. It's, you know, every three months on, the, on their visits that they go to the doctor. And so, you know, this is physically happening to them also. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that. Um, a lot of these kids are victims of something, mm -hmm. whether it is vaccines or the food, food. the estrogens mm -hmm. that are um, in all of the animals that we eat. All there, there are so many things, and again, victims of of just the, the culture of what what's changing and what we're supposed to tolerate. If we're nice people, we're supposed to tolerate all of this, but tolerance leads to championing these things and I don't think any of us really want to do that right all right well I was worried about uh, time but we actually have talked ourselves out of time so thank you guys for coming and once again um, Saturday May 20th at Calvary Spokane 511 West Hastings Road Spokane Washington 99218 uh, 1 to 5 p.m. Um, go to informedchoicewashington.org take the events section get what Go to the events oh, section okay. of and from Trace Washington. All right. Tickets are $10. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Have a good day. Goodbye. To the old me.